You're listening to the Couch Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Billingsley, firefighter engineer here at Couch Fire. And today I'm speaking with Alex Lehman. He's a firefighter here at Couch Fire, and he is also the vice president of our executive board. Alex, welcome. It's good to be here with you, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. You've been with Couch Fire for how long? Uh, since fall of 2018. And before Couch Fire, where did you serve? I was on the Francisville Fire Department since 2007. I served there until we moved in 2018. We moved up closer to my work. A tough decision to move because of the fire department. When you're on a fire department, you're part of the family and it's your brotherhood and you know you hate to leave it and that was the decision that we made to move up here and I didn't know if I'd get on a department, knew nothing about Couch Fire and one day got up to Courage and just got on Facebook and sent a message and they said, come on by on a Sunday or Thursday. We're always here. So I stopped by on a Sunday afternoon. I think I waited, kind of procrastinated. I came up here like at 12.30, and John Clapp and Kevin Sawyer were up here still, thankfully, and talked to them for quite a while about everything, and it was just, I want to be part of this. You know, this the equipment here it looks nice. The department's nice. I want to be part of this. And so I got my application, got it filled out. And I think by that Thursday, I was back here, had my meeting or my interview, had to wait for a meeting for the board to vote me on, but got gear and everything out and couldn't run any calls yet until I was officially voted on, but was back in the game and just loving it. And just, it's been great almost three years now here at Couch Fire and just have been accepted as a brother right in with everybody got a whole new family here in Couts and couldn't trade it for the world just it's amazing the brotherhood we have here at this fire department in this firehouse you had mentioned it's a little intimidating to come here you know to not really restart but restart you're, you're leaving one department going to another yes and you're not sure if you're going to mix well and it, right you know you're, you're looking at are these guys the same way as these guys and what was the one thing that caused you to just Go ahead and do it. Like, made you just want to go ahead and just jump on it and, and get it done? Um, I missed the actual fire service. The big thing was is I wanted to make of serving this community that I was going to be part of now. And that was my way of kind of, well, serving the community as we all feel we do and why we do it is to serve our community and everybody around us. And Combined, you have approximately, what, 13, 14 years? Yes. Yeah, about 13. 13 years? 14, yes. I now, your other department that you were serving on, what made you actually want to get involved in the fire service? Actually, that was because of my younger brother. He got on the department, and I knew the department was there. Um, I grew up out of town. Um, I always had the understanding that you had to live in town to be on the fire department. So it never crossed my mind to be on the department. No one in my family was involved with the fire department until my younger brother got on. And he got on, became an EMT, and worked ambulance service there in uh, Plaskett County as well. And so he was my way into the department. He got my application. I got on. A couple of my other buddies that I was close to got on at the same time. Uh, we all took our training together. Um, the trainings are completely different, even for me, 
to see these guys that are getting on getting on now versus what I went through. Yes, it was a lot of hours, a lot of dedication, but it's just the hours that you put into becoming a volunteer fireman is just unreal, and it takes a lot of dedication. After that, my older brother also got on. He got on a neighboring fire department that we worked with, and then I got married, and my father-in-law was on the department that I was served on, and so was my brother-in-law. Um, my younger brother is no longer on the department. He had moved um, far as work and has gotten off the department, but my older brother still serves on the department at, at home. Oh, what, what fire department was that? Uh, Francisville. Out in Francisville? Yeah, Francisville Volunteer Fire Department. So you moved from Francisville up here to get closer to work. You yes. moved into to Couts. And how long were you in Couts before you sent in your app? Uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. So in two weeks, and when you moved in, you found the fire department. I mean, you're automatically wanting to do it because it's something that, once you get in your blood, it's hard to get out. Yeah. You know, you, you can't help I, it. I thought I wouldn't do it. I talked to my wife about it, and she's like, it's totally up to you if you want to do it. I know you love it. You know, you have my support if that's what you want to do. And she kind of pushed me, like, you know, I know you miss it. You know, go check it out. At least see what it's all about here. And that's, I guess, what I needed to send that message. And So when you came up and you talked with, you said, John Clapp and Kevin Sellier, they yes. were in the Bay. Yeah, they were in the Bay. Something, we're always in the Bay. Yeah. Usually. They were working on something. Right. All we, we're always out there working or improving or cleaning or checking all of our equipment just about any day. When a guy comes up here bored at home or trying to escape his duties at the house, he comes here as an excuse. But what was your first impression when you walked in and, and you looked at all the apparatus that we have and the tools that we have, what was something that stood out to you when you came in as a new guy? Um, as I came in as a new guy, I mean, the Franceville department is a great department. So when I, we did not have a ladder quint truck like we do here in Couts. And so when I walked in and that's the first thing I saw, I was like a little kid in a toy store and just like, oh, wow. Yeah, it's impressive. I got to get on this department. Like, that's impressive. That is a sweet truck. I want to be a part of this and then you know you just keep walking around and like oh look at that truck and this truck and you know of course Kevin and John right away like that's what they wanted to show me this is what we got they pulled some tools out and we were looking at tools that I have heard of but had not seen that just are like wow you know this is awesome you have updated new tools and specialty equipment specialty equipment and it's just it's unreal yeah, for me, when I came in, basically it was the same thing. And I brought my dad and family here. I mean, we all bring our families to show off the department. But well, one of the things that's always said is, wow, this is a volunteer fire department? You know, when people walk in, they have, they have no service or they've never been on a fire department. They really don't understand certain things. Right. And when they walked in here, they saw how our equipment was taken care of, how it looked, our station. They're like, wow, it's... You're volunteer. Are you sure you're volunteer? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, we're, we're volunteer. We know we're volunteer. Yeah, we're you know? 100% volunteer. And everything that we have, well, well, I didn't know until I got on, because I was here a couple years before I joined. Like I said, I was... Oh, I was, you didn't? You waited more than two weeks. Oh, huh? absolutely. Yeah, okay. it was like two years. Okay. Yeah, it, I, yeah I, it took me a little while. But when I came here, I found out like the station was bought and paid for and built with money that we raised. 
mm-hmm. through donations. And then you start looking at the trucks and the tools and the, you start realizing that the community has funded most of all of that Absolutely. with the help through grants, of course. Absolutely. Um, but just about everything that we have, everything that we do, it comes from the community into the firehouse and then it comes out of the firehouse for the community. Right. You know, it's just it was just amazing to me. So when you met with John and Kevin, was there a discussion about anything as far as where the tools that they were showing you came from? Yeah, I talked to him because I asked, I said, well, how are you guys able to have all these new tools, these cool tools, as I would say? Absolutely. You know, and, and Kevin explained to me, you know, through grants and um, the outreach letter that they do is a huge bringing in of funds. And, you know, as we're sitting in the bay talking, I look up and I see this sign hanging on the wall. You know, it's an old, I think, a thermostat filled to the top. The old school money raising thermostat, yes. you know, yep. and it goes red as they go up. They color yep. it in and yep. kind of hand-drawn, right? Yeah, hand-drawn, all colored in, and, and little emblem, building built with no tax dollars. Absolutely. And I thought that is so cool, you know, because most fire departments are community town buildings attached to the town building you know tax funded which is absolutely fine but it's just so cool that this building that we have it was bought and paid for by the community 100 percent. right and when i was talking with don um don Suter, assistant chief he had mentioned that they did tracker pools over here in town and that's what funded this and it started out as a three bay because they didn't know if they'd get the money. Well, then they got the money, and a year or two later, they added the fourth bay that we have. When you start thinking about that, they raised the funds to build this station through a tractor pool, through the members going out and making the pork chops, mm-hmm. going out and running the tractor pool, which I wish I wish we still did oh, that. I it would be that. so much fun. But, man, the dedication right? I, in Don Suter's podcast every Sunday afternoon – they came up here, which, yes, we come up here every Thursday, every Sunday. We're here all the time, but every Sunday. Yeah, they're putting on a show every Sunday. And to think of all the work that went, because I think of our pork chop dinner that we do, the work that goes into that for that day is just huge. Yeah, to all think hands they on were deck. doing that every Sunday. Right, all hands on deck at Pork Fest. It's just amazing. Well, it's because we have a community behind us. Yes that supports us so much and like we have spoken before that without the community doing what they do for us it would be real difficult for us to do what we do for them and the funds and the donations a lot of that helps but one of the biggest thing is is we get letters all the time cards all the time telling us thank you giving us a nice little uh compliment if you will when we get these cards and we get the people coming in and to look at the trucks or to send us a letter, which we love. We get artwork from little kids, mm-hmm. and we put it on the fridge. Yep. It's not a joke. We get hand-drawn things or color pages from kids. We, we put it on our refrigerator until we can't fit anymore. And we just got a new refrigerator, so we need more. So yeah, we, we can, need some more. It's... We can stock it up. <laughs> but that shows us, and that's a drive for us of what we've been doing in the town. And it keeps us on our toes to know that the community appreciates us as much as we appreciate them. And it's, it's a huge deal. Huge deal. Absolutely. And since we're a volunteer fire department, we can't make our money here. We, we get 
maybe five, six hundred bucks if we're lucky at the end of the year for some calls that we ran to replace our clothes or some right. car gas or whatever yep. it was. As a volunteer, we can't have the, being a volunteer pay our bills. Uh, we we get minimal funds, like we had mentioned. What's what's where do you work? How do you take care of your your home life, your bills? What, what kind of job do you do? I work on the uh, Penny Purdue Ag Center Farm in Wanatal, Indiana. It's a research farm off campus for Purdue University. I've been there since 2013. I grew up on a farm, so I the love of farming, kind of like the love of firefighting, is kind of in your blood. I have always loved farming, everything, even in school, you know, that's all I could think about was farming. If I knew I could have grew up to be a fireman, I probably would have thought of that too, but like I said earlier, I thought you had to live in town to be a fireman. And that's the reason we moved to Couts. It's about a 15-minute drive versus a 50-minute drive that I drove every day. Since you've been here approximately three years, what does Couts Fire mean to you and to your family? Well, the biggest thing, it's an extended family. I mean, my family revolves around the fire department as it does my normal day-to-day job. You know, many times, well, just the other day, I sat, we grilled steaks on the grill, and my oldest daughter was home from college and actually just got back from spring break, and we were all home as a family and sat down. I cut it in my steak, and my pager goes off. And they all three go, we love you. Absolutely. Yeah, the wife tells me every time I walk out the door, I'm not allowed to leave until she says, yep. hey, I love you, or be careful. You yeah, know? so it just... I guess that goes into mar- part of my family, but the Couts Fire is a, another family. I mean, everybody's my brother here. It's just if I need something, we had to move um, a couple years ago. When we first got here, we moved, and everything was set up. The new house was ready for us to move in, and I had fire department training. So I told my wife, we'll move after the training. Some of the guys said they'll help us move. Lo and behold, we had a training that night that went till I think, 11.30, almost midnight. Right. No one backed out. I yep. had five trucks, 10 guys, and we moved us in about 20 minutes. We've talked about the fire department. We've talked about the family. We've talked about your history. Now, like I said when in the opening when I introduced you, you also are vice president of the executive board. Yes. What are some of the job duties that you perform with that? Uh, the main duty is to back the president up with whatever he needs done day-to-day, you know, business-wise that needs to be done on the department. I'm 100% involved with that. So you back up the president when he's running the meetings, which is Kevin Sellier. Yes. Captain Sellier. Yep, Captain Sellier. Um, you're also in charge of the wish list, things that we're, we're trying to to get or acquire, and that helps us to determine where we're going to get tools, where we're going to get replacement tools updated tools updated equipment and that matches along with like i had mentioned in the other podcast captain sellier and assistant chief they do grant writing right they they would come to that wish list for if they have a grant that they need to get out that they see they'll go to that wish list to find out what is that the department is wishing for or in need of Right, because we have all of our eyes out there at the bay. Mm-hmm. We, we're seeing tools. We've we got our hands on the tools. Right. We might need to replace some hose. We might need to replace a chainsaw. Yep. We might need to replace something, okay? 
And that's our way to be able to have it documented right. to where our grant writers can then say, hey, this grant matches up with this wish list item. It covers X amount of money. We'll need to do a fundraiser to get the rest of the money. Right. You know, the, That's how all the community and the grants tie together. Right. And, I mean, it, it, to be specific, it goes all the way up to our business meetings when we talk about our wish list. Right. And it's brought up every month. Here there, you know, there's things we add and things we can mark off and say, hey, you know, with this grant, we are able to get this and this. Right. And so we mark them off and add, com- add more. A lot of communication, a yes. lot of pre-planning. Yes. And a lot of brain power <laughs> goes into getting this equipment. <laughs> yes. Because there's, like I said before, there's absolutely no way we can just go out and grab it. Our, our operating budget is... Like we have said before in another podcast episode was, it's less than two paid firemen. Yes. That's how we keep the lights on. That's how we keep the fuel in the trucks. And it's just enough to operate. Right. Right. So the tools and and the equipment that we have outside of the operational costs is the grants in the community, which is extremely important for us. Absolutely important. And our involvement in the community has been hit pretty hard with COVID. I'm, I'm hearing that there might be some changes to those rules from the governor here pretty soon. Yeah, hopefully it's opening things back up a little bit. Right. And we would go out and pass up popsicles. You've been a part of that. Yes. Uh, we do the uh, glow sticks on Halloween. Mm-hmm. We bring Santa Claus into town. He, yes. He, you know, he, he always visits with us, wants to check on the kids. And because we have ties with the school, we, we kind of give Santa Claus the updated version of if the kid's being good or not. Oh, so yes. Yeah. It's kind of an important thing. Um a lot of conversations about community outreach, and that's what this podcast is for, is for us to be able to talk to the community that we serve and hopefully let them know how we feel about them and how impressed we are with them. We go to work. We, we come here and volunteer. A lot of the guys have hobbies outside of the fire service and outside of work. What are some of the hobbies that you or your family have that you, uh, you do? Well, I think the biggest hobby that I do with my wife, and we did it, Back in Franceville, too, is we grow pumpkins in the fall and then sell them to the public. And we brought that to Couts this past fall, which hit it off huge, which we just do it for fun. We don't do it to make a living. Um, I actually proposed to my wife with a pumpkin. So that's kind of where the history of pumpkins comes from and why we love pumpkins so much. And so every year we... I've started planning already this year what kind of pumpkins we want to grow. You know, do we want blue ones, white ones, orange ones? How many should we plant? How big? And when are we going to plant them this year? And there's just lots of planning, like everything else that goes into growing pumpkins. And even my daughters are are involved with it, and they help us harvest them and take care of them. And that's our my biggest hobby. You work with Purdue. You farm out there with them for yeah. them. Yes. Which means you're in the ag community. Mm-hmm. And you have spoken quite a bit about your feelings on ag safety and training. Here recently, we received a, a donation from Millennial Farmer, which is a YouTube guy. And we mentioned that on one of the episodes. I think I was talking with uh, Chief Suter. Yeah. For grain bin rescue. Mm-hmm. Ag is, is one of the most important things you can have done in the country as far as food-wise. And... It has some of its own dangers, just like any other job. Right. And it's our job to know how to help those people when they need our help. And they're out in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they can be out in the middle of 
100 acres, you know, and a lot of people don't think about right. that, that when they have an emergency, it's not right there on the road where the fire trucks can get to them. It's not right there in the house where mm -hmm. they're living. It's 100, 150 acres out in the middle of a field that you're going to have to have specialty equipment to get to. Yep. And we've used our brush truck to, to acquire that, to, to facilitate that help. Mm -hmm. uh, Morgan Township, they just got a side-by-side, -side, I believe, with a... They can go out and, and, and do certain Get things. Get into right, tighter, they, smaller spots. Right, because like I mentioned, with um, we had assistant chief from Morgan on the episode, and he said, yeah, that he went out in the woods with us and to help that guy that fell out of the tree. Mm -hmm. You know, um, We had another situation where we needed him to go out and, and to search for people and brush fires. Yeah. So the equipment is, the equipment is constantly changing, and that's another reason why we have to continue – to have this outreach, to continue to have the community support and these grants. Absolutely. Because it's, it's volunteer. It's volunteer. We don't have the tax money coming in like normal departments would have, you know. Now, we have a lot of different apparatus out here, 721, 711, 41, 741, 730, you know, the squads. And What is your favorite piece of equipment or apparatus that we have? Uh, my favorite engine would be 711. It runs perfect. And it's, you know? it's more, I mean, for me, I, I love 7-Eleven. Yeah. It's nostalgic for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I graduated in 1995, so anybody wondering how old I am <laughs> would know now. But it's just the nostalgic part of it. Yes. And, I mean, someday we're going to have to upgrade her. We're going to have yeah. to get her out of, the, out of the bay and put something in new. Um, but for the time being, you know, she's doing a good job. We here recently just did some work on our tanker. 742 mm -hmm. with a new tank and a new pump, a new, yeah. just about, well, everything on the outside of it. Put a, a hose reel right on the edge of it. So if we, uh, the other day we were fighting a brush fire on the side of the road. The right. brush trucks were out in the field doing their work and the guys were out there and me and two other guys grabbed that hose reel and drove along the road and put fire out with a tanker. Right. You know. Right. It's happened many times, and that's just small tools we put in the toolbox that we have that's been thought of by other guys. And, you know, some people might say, oh, you don't need that on a tanker. Why would you put it over reels on a tanker? It's coming in handy lots of times. It's convenient. I mean, the tanker on a brush fire is where everybody's coming to, to get water. Right. But if you're on the tanker and you're out on the side by the ditch and that's on fire... And you've got, you can reach everything with mm -hmm. the hose reel. Why not just go down there and put it out? Yep. You know, makes sense. And we still have plenty of water. And we drive these things around usually, uh, well, quite a bit actually. We do a lot of street training. Mm -hmm. We do, like we talked about before, community outreach. We go out and, you know, hit the horn when we see the kids or bring a popsicle to somebody mm -hmm. or whatever it is. We stop, let them take pictures, things like that nature. But we're also out learning the streets. We're also out checking and, and visualizing. It's a training, no matter how you look at it. We'll see a hydrant and we'll say, okay, well, in 300 feet, you know, how would we set up the, on the road this way? How would we do it this way? So we do a lot of that. What are some of the favorite trainings that we've had, either the ice rescue? Um, just, That's why it says, like, the ice rescue, that was a new training that, I partook of as being a fireman that I had never done. Heard of it, have never taken any courses on it, 
So you took it right out of my mouth. Ice rescue training is probably the most training that sticks out to me. I mean, we've had houses that we've done live burn, or not live burns, but live trainings in abandoned houses. Those are awesome trainings. You know, it's ran as a live fire, like it's a house on fire. You know, it's set up perfect. You know, the chief has taken time and set different scenarios up, and we run it as is. And those are trainings that have stuck out to me and that really help keep you refreshed. Because this isn't something we're doing every day, you know. So we have to keep our minds refreshed on what our job is, what our task is. And one day I might be an engineer in a truck. Next day I might be running the tanker. You never know on a call. It's always different. Right. And with like, you had mentioned the, the houses, the abandoned houses and doing trainings. What was really cool about what we had going on there was we had a fog machine. Mm-hmm. And this thing was powerful. <laughs> I mean, we turned it on in the bay in here, and it, it completely filled our bay with mm-hmm. thick smoke. I mean, it looked like we had a huge <laughs> fire out here. But we used that in the in the house, and it would actually show you how the smoke would come out the eaves. I mean, it's a safe way for us to have a real training. Right. And we had flashers, little red flashers, and... That signified the fire and where we had to push to. We had the mannequins. Yeah, we for, had some mannequins for rescues. For rescue. So, it, it, you know, those things are amazing. But mm-hmm. with the ice rescue, it's a little different. It's real ice. Yeah, it's real ice. <laughs> it's real cold water. And you're getting in it. And you're getting in it and you're getting pulled out of it. Yes. And, and I, I, yeah, the ice rescue training has always been a favorite. Yeah, you we know? did it again this winter and I just, I love it. It's, it's a good training. It's freezing cold out there. But, you know, it's it's always a good turnout. And it's enjoyed by all the departments that show up. Yes. You know, and one of the community members actually lets us use his pond to, to do that, which is absolutely. To have all them apparatuses come up his driveway, dark, you know, we're there till 9, 10 o'clock at night. So thankful, you know, that he lets 20, 30 guys show up in his property, six fire trucks, pickups, chief trucks. You know, all these guys running around his pond. Right. I mean, <laughs> and, and we, he's thankful he can do it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. He's very kind. And he, I mean, you have multiple departments, it's not just us. Right. right. I think the last time we did, we had like four, mm-hmm. three, four, five different departments represented come out there and do that. I had a blast. Had an absolute absolutely. blast. Absolutely. And that's, that's the trainings and stuff that we do to continuously keep our skills up. And we have vocational here in the school. We have a cadet program. We have a lot of different things that we can get people training that may want to volunteer at Cots fire department and we're always looking for people mm-hmm. to come in to fill out an application to be a part of our fire right. family and, and and more you don't have to necessarily have the certifications to be here we'll get you what you need no like when i joined in 2007 when i got on franceville's fire department i did not grow up in the fire no one in my family was a fireman and i took the training i learned what i needed i'm still learning today but yes, I came into the fire service with knowing nothing. It's same 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 for me. And I, I, never, I loved it. I never had I never had anybody in my family that I know of in the fire service. I wasn't allowed to be in the military. My yeah. mom, she wouldn't let me do that, um, which is fine, which mm-hmm. is fine. But I wanted to be a part of something. I wanted to do something bigger than myself. I wanted to be be able to say that I I actually made a difference, not mm-hmm. just in my community, but in somebody's life. I mean. You're helping somebody on their worst day. 
and the training that you have and the drive that you have mm-hmm. is, is a big deal. Is a real big deal. Yes. So if someone is, is listening to this podcast in your car or at work or in your garage, just come on over to Firehouse and meet with us on a Thursday or a Sunday and fill out an application. Even if you see one of us uptown at the gas station or Ace Hardware or at the dollar store or Save-A-Lot and we have a Couch Fire shirt on, any one of us, hey, you know, I'm interested. I guarantee you that that Couch Fireman will drive you back to the station and get an application for you or get in contact with someone that can get it for you. Absolutely. Or tell you when to come in and get it. Right. So, yeah, it's just the training's here. The morale is here. The support from the community is here. It's just it's an amazing town, amazing fire department, amazing guys. It's an amazing hobby, if you yeah. will. I mean, yeah, it's an amazing hobby. I mean, we and I only say it's a hobby because we have a lot of fun with making fun of each other. Yeah, we do. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a serious job. We, we take it very serious, but... Some of the other things, the lighter side of things, you know, we, we like to have fun with guys, you know, it, and that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. That's how you uh, build your brotherhood. It's how you build your family, you know. That's how you know you're, you're liked around here. I mean, you, right. <laughs> if nobody's messing with you, you probably did something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, Alex, I appreciate you stopping in, sitting down, talking with me. Um, we'll have to do it again. We'll do some different topics. Absolutely. I've enjoyed talking with you. I always do. I appreciate what you're doing with this podcast and look forward to seeing where it goes. Well, again, thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. You're welcome. You've been listening to the Couch Fire Podcast. If you'd like more information about the Couch Fire Department, visit us at couchfire.com or on Facebook or any social media outlet with at Couch Fire. Appreciate you listening. Share it with your friends. Thank you for your support.